What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus for and by Queer Pac, or Quilt Bang community. That's right. I am Money, the Syracuse sex symbol, again. That's that's absolutely you, and I am Nikita, <laughs> and I'm just over people's outrageousness. I'm just I'm mm. over it. Over it. So we're just going to get on into the... Intro, because we have a lot to say today. Got some shit to get off my tits. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Cue the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sis, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, you love, I hope you hear that on the daily, I hope you do. Alright, Nikita, before we jump into all the things, mm-hmm. we have two events that we need to let folks know about. Two? Yes. What, so, what's going on besides the upstate escape? The downstate escape, the workshop, the body workshop with Queen. Oh, that's right. Yes, Miss Vixen IRL. Okay. IRL, as in in real life? Yes. Okay. Just for those of us who are older and who don't get these internet acronyms. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So, as Money just said, Queen, with her online magazine, Miss Vixen is doing a real in-life event at it's going to be Bad Bitch Affirmations, Our Bodies Workshop. So, again, always in the spirit of community, the entry is by a donation of your choice. And as we always like to say here, yes, it's a donation of your choice, but it's important to never skimp on your community. So, it's it's going to be Friday, August 16th at Cafe Con Libros in Brooklyn. And the event starts promptly at 5.30, and as they like to say um, on Tea with Queen and Jay, it sounds like it's a white man's It's a white man's 5.30. Queen do not start nothing late. Right. <laughs> so, so, if you need to program it in your phone that it starts at 5, at 5. Yeah, do not be late, and mm-hmm. be there to support Queen and Miss Vixen, and get your bad bitch affirmation on. I know, it's a body workshop. I want to go to a body workshop. Um, yes, but also important for this event is that you need to RSVP ahead of time. The event is August 16th. Um, you know, head counts are important. Uh, so we'll have the link in the description of this episode. All right, and also on today, as y'all are listening to it, well, if you listen to this on the day that it drops, this is the last day. The last day. The last day to RSVP for the Queer Walk Upstate Escape. What is the Queer Walk Upstate Escape, Nikita? I am so glad you asked me. It is an opportunity for 
queer walk listeners to escape here to upstate, which means they get to see our wonderful, beautiful black faces Mm -hmm. and we get to see their wonderful faces, too. That's right. So on August 30th through September 1st, we are having a jam-packed weekend for y'all. Um, but we need you to RSVP by today, August 8th, if you're listening on the day that this drops. And if you don't RSVP by, by the 8th, it's okay. If You can still come, but we can't guarantee that we got you for all the events. So that's why we needed people to RSVP by today, if you're listening on August 8th, because... We needed a headcount yes. to buy tickets and all the things. So Absolutely. you can still come, but we just can't guarantee that we could get your ticket. So I know you're curious. What do we have planned for this weekend? So on August 30th, we're having a denim party at the Community Folk Art Center here. On the 31st, we will be uh, gathering at Green Lake State Park. So for those of y'all, uh, Nikita made me aware of this last episode. So Green Lakes is a beautiful state park in upstate New York here in the Syracuse area. But it is a swim. You can swim there. Yeah, there's like a nice, so, cute little body of water. Yeah, it's like a lot. It's called Green Lakes. So, yeah. <laughs> so you can bring uh, bathing suits and all of that if you're planning on coming. Um, and then we're going to have a closed Cupac mixer, and we're going to flood the club at Wonder Bar that night. The next day on September 1st, we are going to start the day off with a brunch at a cute little eatery here. And we're going to close it out with the New York State Fair. That's right. Um, Sheila E. And the, the roots, roots are performing. Yeah. There's also, so we got you on entry, but there's also just like a whole bunch of like ethnic shoppery at the Great New York. Ethnic <laughs> shoppery. <laughs> like they have um, African Village where I always get earrings or something from every year. Yeah, so, you know, come ready to eat a bunch of fried shit, ride some rides, and buy <laughs> some things. <laughs> I did just want to say for the clothes Cupac mixer, that's going to be, um, we are asking for donations because that's going to be at a very important oh. community space here in Syracuse. It's called Cafe Sankofa. And I don't want to get into a long spiel about, um, you know, real estate and gentrification, but there's just not a lot of spaces for black folks in the city, especially like working class black folks. And so this is uh, Cafe Sankofa is on the south side of Syracuse. And it's a place that really needs to stay open. Yes. It's a really important spot. They're doing a lot of good work there. And so we really want people um, to make sure that they have their donations ready to be able to support that important community space here in the queues. Thank you for saying that because I had it on all the stuff and I forgot to say it. So yes, mm-hmm. we'll be taking donations all weekend for Cafe Sankofa. We got to keep Cafe Sankofa open, y'all. All right. Speaking of money, do you want to go into how people can contribute? Yes. So there are two ways that people can contribute to oh, this I year. usually do this. Well, well, come on. We can change it up. Oh, it feels oh. uncomfortable. But yes. <laughs> oh, well. I was just going to throw in here that um, these donations would be really timely for Cafe Sankofa and to help us with the Upstate Escape. Yeah. So you can go ahead and do the rest. Okay. I trust you. So, like I was saying before I was so uh, rudely interrupted, there are, in fact, two ways that you can donate. And again, so we can make sure that we can accommodate everyone here um, at our Upstate Escape. We are asking folks to donate, and you can do that through our Cash App, 
which is dollar sign queer w-o-c-p-o-d so that's queer walk pod and maybe you want to become a sustainer no it's not maybe i know you want to become a sustainer <laughs> of this here program and you can go do ahead that. get them exclusive perks exclusive yeah i can't do it like you so you can go head on over to patreon.com slash Queer Walk Pod, that's P-O-D, and that is a monthly uh, reoccurring donation. So those are the monetary ways that you can Mm -hmm. contribute. You know, like I always say, Money and I are the co-hosts, but it takes a whole community and a whole village to make this podcast happen. So those are the monetary ways. Then there are other ways that you can donate to this podcast. And that is through by loving us out loud. And Money doesn't say it anymore, but it's by doing the R's. I don't say it anymore. You don't say do the R's. I feel like saying do the R's is important. It's, okay. It's cute. So you can do that by rating us. So giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, dropping a review. You can also request us to get flued out, trunned out, fit bitted out. <laughs> if you have um, a local community organization, if you're a part of or you attend a university, maybe you have like a very niche black or POC and or feminist and or queer book staff. <laughs> wow, a book all shop. The and or. Come on, ampersand. <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, you can invite us to come and share um, our knowledge with you all. And you can also repost, retweet, and reply. So whenever we're active on social media, don't just leave us in the wind. Just, you know, reply to some of our social media posts. So again, love us out loud. Rate, review, request. Repost, retweet, and reply. And anytime you're talking to us or about us on social media, always remember to use the hashtag, which is hashtag QueerWOC. And we also know that some of y'all like to use hashtag QueerWOCPOD. And I, how could I forget? In terms of the R request, you can also send us an email. Some sometimes we're just hamstrung by these what are word these words, limi- Nikki? by these character limitations. So maybe you want to say if something you use a little words bit like hamstrung. Maybe yeah. right. If you use words like um, hamstrung, you you lose <laughs> out on your character. So maybe you want to send us something a little bit longer, or as Money once said, something a little little bit more girthier. You can shoot that onto our email, which is queerwalkpod. So queer w o c p o d at gmail and so you can send us your curve chronicle which is your dating woe or when or maybe there's something in particular that you would like for us to talk about mm. kiki about you can send that to our gmail once again queerwalkpod at gmail.com i have just told people how they can donate sure to this here program but we should back up a bit and say where can people find us well if you're out there in the reach of my voice, you were able to find us. But I'm going to tell you how you can continue to find us. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Queer Walk Pod. That's P-O-D. Or you can find us on the Book of Faces at Facebook.com slash Queer Walk Pod. Or you can search us Queer Walk colon the podcast. Follow us on Tumblr, where it all began, at QueerWalk.com. And you can listen on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, app, the purple one, or CastBox. All right, Nikita, you want to move it on along to the QueerWalk of the week. 
And do you want to tell folks what the Queer Walk of the Week segment is? Yes, so the Queer Walk or Queer Pock of the Week section is a segment where we just highlight a Queer Walk or a Queer Pock who's doing the damn thing, doing something amazing or just like totally extraordinary that we want to celebrate because there's no such thing as celebrating us too much. Exactly. Oh, and if y'all have suggestions for Queer Walks of the Week, you can DM them to us or you can just like shoot us an email at queerwalkpod at gmail.com. All right, so Queer Walk of the Week this week has quickly become my favorite comedian, Gina Yashere. So I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about Gina. I was about to say, regale us with who she is. Little badass. All right. So uh, Gina is a Nigerian Brit comedian uh, actress. So she broke out onto the American like comedy scene after uh, she made the top 10 on that last comic standing show. I didn't know that. Um, Yeah. She has so much going on. I'm just going to like list like why Gina is Queer is Walk of bitch. the Week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So currently, right now, if you have access to a Netflix account, you can see three different stand-up specials streaming that she has. So she currently has three stand-up specials. Um, she's in episode two of the stand-ups, which is like 30-minute little um, shorts. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because right. Netflix did a bunch of those. So um, she's in episode two of season two, if you want to see that. It's hilarious. And two of her previous like one-hour specials are also streaming streaming on Netflix right now. The first one is Skinny Bitch <laughs> and the second one is Laughing to America. Um, so go support, support, support and stream her on Netflix so she can get one of those specials, you know. Uh, she's, al- she's also going to be in two new upcoming sitcoms. Uh, the first one, Bob Hart's Abby Sola. She actually co-created this. I didn't know it. Oh. I didn't know that. I just thought she was starring in it. But she co-created and stars in and writes on <laughs> Bob Damn. Hart's Abby Shola. You multi-talented. And of course, she's in the upcoming Motherstruck, which we talk about. We talked about before when, when we, we highlighted Stacey uh, Ann Chen. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's been featured on Comedy Central, The Daily Show, and she's the only British comedian to ever appear on Deaf Comedy Jam. And that, oh wow! Yeah, that ran for a hot, hot, that hot ran minute. For a minute yeah. yeah. So, oh, but that's not the only history-making thing she's done. Damn, what else she been doing? So you know what I love about queer walks and queer pox is like we. We have like these whole other lives mm-hmm. of like you used to do what right so before gina was a comedian she was an engineer she used to build elevators what she literally was on another level okay oh that is i had to do it money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lesbian comedian okay. <laughs> oh my god so um so, I was listening to the adulting podcast because, side note, another comedian that I love, love, love is Michelle Buteau. I don't know if I said her last name right. Yeah. Buteau. Um, yeah. I love her so much. Oh, my gosh. I think she's so hilarious. So, she has this podcast um, called Adulting. And I saw that Gina was on an episode. So, of course, I listened immediately. Um, and she was talking about how she was the first woman engineer for the Otis Elevator Company. And that is such a huge company. I feel like every elevator I get in is says Otis. Otis. Yeah. So That is huge. I know, right? Um, and then y'all should definitely follow her on Instagram. I'll put her um, handle in uh, the description for this episode. But I'm pretty sure it's just at Gina Yashere. Yeah. Because she's also like uh, tatted auntie goals. I love her tattoos. She has two sleeves and they are yeah. both amazing. She does these uh, really quick 
reviews of um, hotel rooms on her Oh my God, yeah, I've seen those. (laughs) So funny. I don't know how, like, people can be so funny on, like, Instagram, but she is. She always has me dying laughing. And uh, the the other funny thing that she does on Instagram is name that tune. Yes, yes. Tune Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because she always does these She's always doing, like, an old school jam, so you know I'm a fan. Exactly. And and some of the best glasses in the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. only person's glasses that there's only two people that I've seen who have glasses game as close to Gina's and that's Takesha Morgan who's fashion period in general yeah, yeah. and Janicia Francis oh, yeah. <laughs> like these frames yeah. where do y'all get them from right Shout out to Gina, and again, don't forget to check her out on her Netflix specials and on Instagram and all the things. That's right. Thank you, money. Yeah, no problem. I'll put a link to all the things that I can link to, like the episode of Adulting with Michelle Boutou she was on, and um, then I don't think I can link to the Netflix specials because you need a Netflix account, right? You I'll just, just put, the, put name. the titles in there. Yeah, so y'all can search. All right, Nikita, we're going to move it on along to Community Contributors. Yeah. This is actually one of my favorite segments because it's where we get to like highlight everyone who makes this podcast possible. possible. Um, and also read your words. Uh, so that's always super um, impactful to yeah. me. So Same. So we want to say, th- man, look at all these patrons. I know. All right. So we're, we're going to give a shout out to our new patrons. So thank you so much to Blake, Taylor, Sade, and Dr. Sammy Shaw. Yeah. Hey. Who's, who's over there having bomb sex? That you have to uh, write <laughs> thank you cards for. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> and shout out to Jaffe. You know I love you, girl. And <laughs> Missy, because Jaffe and Missy up their pledges. Yes. And you want to tell us who donated on Cash App money? Yeah, y'all really came through on the Cash App. So a huge shout out to Kat for who gave a donation for the Upstate Escape. Thank you so much because we need it. You know, we trying to feed people. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Sharon and Marcel came through on the Cash App as well and got some Queer Walk merch. Oh, yes. yes. Thank y'all Dr. so Haddix. much. I was going to say Dr. Haddix. <laughs> All righty. And for folks who uh, might not listen on the regular, uh, we mentioned it last on the last episode. But one of the things um, that we also love to shout out are these small towns mm-hmm. who come up in our top ten. It's like, again, we know D.C., Brooklyn, L.A. Mm-hmm. We know that those places, you know, have big booming, yeah, you know, queer scenes. And not that we don't love right. y'all. We like, still we love, love you. Yeah. Right? But so we have three little small towns that came mm-hmm. up in our top ten. So the first one is Parker, Colorado. Yeah. All right, Parker. We appreciate that. <laughs> and also Littleton. Colorado. What's what's going on in Colorado, I wonder? I don't know. I don't huh. know. Something happened. You know, it's probably some some of them earthy climbing queers out there. Mm. All that nature. <laughs> and weed. You know, they probably... <laughs> no, you got you to gotta have something to listen to when you're hiking your ass up a mountain or something. But do you even have service up there? Maybe they downloaded it. Oh, okay. Got it. I yeah. think it wouldn't be dangerous to hike. Never mind. We don't have to figure this out. Yeah. Shout out to Parker and Littleton. Y'all Thank stay y'all safe out in the mountains and shit. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like, actually, it's quite flat. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you're, you're thinking of the northern region. 
<laughs> All right. And we have one more. A small city, bunny. Mm-hmm. I mispronounced it, so I'm going to let you take yeah. it away. Shout out to Metairie, Louisiana. And I just, I'm like beaming talking about Metairie because I've spent a lot of time in Metairie. So shout out to Metairie, Louisiana. All right. So Parker, Littleton, and Metairie. We see yeah. you. Okay, so before we move away from the small town shout outs, um, on the SoundCloud front, because you know I, I'm the one who gives us the yeah, SoundCloud. You're right. I just want to send a huge celebratory congratulations to Hanifa Walida and Red Summer, your gay aunties, on 50 episodes. Congrats, Yay! y'all. Yes, so I'm just, I just. Oh, I love your gay aunties. If y'all yeah. can't tell, I feel like I reference them almost every episode of this. Truly. If you listen to us, you will definitely love your gay aunties. So go check them out. Um, they just posted their 50th episode. Y'all, podcasting as an independent ain't easy. And so to get... Not at all. <laughs> Nikita, you said you were going to do Megan Thee Stallion ad-libs all episode. <laughs> I didn't believe you. I really didn't believe you. Y'all, Nikita is like the hottest hot girl. Ooh la la. <laughs> She out here. <laughs> if she was taller, she would be the stallion. Nikita the stallion. All right. Well, giddy up, Nikita the pony. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So just wanted to to congratulate and send so much love to the aunties. Yes. Uh, and their episode 50 is Straight Girl Jedi Mind Tricks. Oh, so- <laughs> I cannot wait to listen to that. Yeah. Um, And for folks who might not be familiar with the, like, layout of their podcast, they always do a letter from the kids. I was just about to say, that is, like, my favorite part of their show. Because they they don't be holding back. They They don't. They don't hold back. No. And so, if if you have a question that you need answered, and it doesn't have to specifically be about, like, queerness, um, both of them have, like, so much life experience yeah. like and they're still young they're young yeah. as hell but it's just like they've done so much things and accomplished so much just write them and because these letters from the kids yeah. i'm gonna sit down one day and write them about my trash ass life and <laughs> and have them answer so congratulations on i just feel like it's in that the letter segment where their auntiness really shines. Oh through. yeah, because you just yeah. need you know you need that auntie that that you love and that mm-hmm. loves you to just be like get a grip. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. All right, Nikita, you want to read our first uh, new review? Yes, and this, if I'm not mistaken, this review comes from Stitcher. It does. Yeah, we you know we've been neglecting the Stitcher yeah. reviews. Sorry about that, y'all. Shout out to the Stitcher listeners. All right. So this review is from Hey Teach. The title of the review is I love this podcast exclamation point. So Hey Teach goes on to say, seeking refuge from the debacle of the 2016 election, I turned away from my local public radio station and towards the narrow casting of podcasts. Queerwalk is one of the gems I discovered. It sustains me. I have learned so much from listening to Money's Mental Moments and Nikita's Word. They are engaging, real, intelligent, and insightful. Thanks. Thank you. I'm glad we could be a ray of sunshine through the yeah, uh, it, debacle. It, 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 it indeed was a debacle. Yeah. I like the narrow casting, too. Because it's like, that is another way podcasts are different than, like, radio yeah, stations. It's, it's a little bit more niche. Yeah. And, like, specific. specific. You can really... Focused. As What do you say? Get into the weeds of it. Yeah. All right, the next one comes from Gable, and Gable writes, My favorite podcast wow. with a V-O-U-R, so you know they fancy. Yes. House of Wintour. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not good at writing reviews, but this podcast is amazing. Money and Nikita are warm, funny, and real. They educate to liberate and leave me feeling so hopeful. That is exactly what we aim to do. Yes. Educate to liberate. You just perfectly summed it up. Thank you so much, Gabelle. That was so sweet. We really Mm. appreciate that. And we're glad. I said Gable, right? Oh. It's Gabelle. It's obviously Gabelle. It's Gable. Gabelle. G. (laughs) Yes. So, what is this, Zenith's penis? <laughs> Why you say it like that? <laughs> I, just, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> so, Zenith's penis, and the title of their review is Queered Up and Queered Out. I'm going to work that into yeah, something. I know you don't remember drinking my cup, but it reminded me of, um, came down, hold up. Okay, no, I don't. Let's move on. So, Zenith's penis says, no podcast like this one. M and N are just a dynamic pair of hosts. That's right. You get a bit of everything. Black history, black queer history, psychology. I live and stand for this podcast. Yes. I actually found it through a little Juju podcast. So shout out to uh, Juju. Shout out to Juju. Also having a hot girl summer. Right. We love and, you. <laughs> and so I'm so happy she led me to you guys. Aww. Thank you. We are we appreciate you, Zena's penis and a little Juju. Yes. <laughs> All righty. We are going to be moving on to my personal favorite segment on this show. Unfortunately, it will be jingleless today, but it doesn't change that this is, in fact, still my favorite segment, which is the mental moment with money. What is the mental moment with money? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I don't know why she's talking like now, so, but... <laughs> anyway, the mental moment with money is a section where our resident limited licensed therapist, future Dr. Money, gives us insights <laughs> tidbits and tricks and tips on a range of things related to mental health did you see uh, the black woman sketch show i think that's what i haven't called. watched it yet they, they have this sketch where this woman is calling herself pre-doctor or pre-phd i'm like i'm gonna use that oh my god we have to start calling you pre-doctor <laughs> pre-doctor money all right, so what, do you, what are you going to uh, wow us with this week? All right, all right. So I, want, I was going to um, introduce myself as the Euphoria Evangelist this week, oh. but I'm really not because I've mostly been talking about it in very, like, nerdy-ass ways. So I was like, why not just do a mental moment inspired by Euphoria? Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about bipolar today. Mm. So what is bipolar disorder? Um, I, I want to, okay, I'm going to make some distinctions, and then I'm going to explain bipolar. Is that okay? Yes. Because I think that out of all the TV shows that I've watched that have tried to address um, mental health, I think that Euphoria's uh, depiction of bipolar has been one of the most, like... Accurate? Accurate. Okay. And also, like, I don't know how to say it, but experiential... Like, yes, like okay. this is a day in the life, right? Like, okay. this is what it feels like. It's not over dramatized or caricatured. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It was real. Okay. Was, yeah, so, um, so I wanted to say, because a lot of times when people say bipolar, they actually are using it as like a, a way of talking about person, like personalities, like people having mood swings mm-hmm. really quickly. 
um, like emotional mood swings, like not being able to control their emotions. And that that is actually more characteristic of like schizoaffective disorder or like I said, um, by, um, borderline personality disorder, the, like the personality disorder spectrum. It's not really characteristic of bipolar and I'm going to explain why that is. So, so when people say, I don't know, girl, she bipolar like that. The way we use it is not actually what the um, the health, mental health issue is. And so I'm just going to explain it a little bit. And hopefully we understand why the way that we commonly use bipolar doesn't fit. So you're drawing a distinction between personality characteristics, personality disorders, and mental health disorders? No, because personality disorders are mental health disorders. Okay. I'm not going to get in. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in my dissertation. I will. But, like, I'm not going to do that here. But, like. There's a difference between mood disorders and personality okay, spectrum okay, disorders. Okay, okay, thank you. So th- does that, that, that make makes sense. sense okay, now. so like personality disorders are like a disorder in the way you are, like your being. Think about it like that. Okay. So if you will, they're like um, mental health horoscopes. <laughs> Whereas, like, mood disorders have to do with, like, chemical imbalances and, like, more, you know, what is that word? Like, it it has to do with, like, internal things, not really about the way that you are with other people. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I'm just going to give a a quick little breakdown. And I'm also going to put a really helpful, great, free resource for, like, uh, it's, it's set up like a table. It's so clear to read around like what bipolar is. I'm going to put a link to it because I will not um, suggest that anybody buy the DSM because fuck them. Um, listen to the last episode if you're curious about why I think that. But so I'm just going to put a little uh, free link that explains more and goes more in depth than I can on a podcast about bipolar. All right. So, um, I have a lot of clients also who be like, I think I'm bipolar. And then we get in session and I'm like, girl, no, <laughs> but you got a personality disorder. Okay. Though, so like, okay. So bipolar, it comes in two forms. Um, you either have bipolar one or bipolar two. Okay. And bipolar, the difference between bipolar one and bipolar two is how extreme the manic episodes are. Mm. That's the only difference. Okay. I I know I'm using jargon. I promise I may explain. All right. So what is bipolar? It's a history of at least one manic episode followed quickly by a hypomanic or a major depressive episode. Um, and so that's what both consist of bipolar one and bipolar two, right? You have a history of having a manic episode and a major depressive episode and they like sort of take turns. They go after each other. Right. Um, some people don't, um, so like it just happens like once, like they'll cycle through both once and then they don't have any more, um, episodes. Some people they'll have like one cycle and then all the other cycles will be like manic episodes. So it, it looks different for different people, but in order to get the diagnosis of bipolar, you have to have experienced both a manic episode and a major depressive episode. Okay. And depending on the severity, that's the um, classification difference between bipolar one and bipolar two. So what is a manic episode? Everybody talk about mania, but people don't really know what mania looks like. All right. And so um, that's why I really loved that episode of Euphoria, even though it was one. It was also one of the best scenes in the whole show 
when um, Rue was in her manic episode. Oh, okay. So a manic episode is like a demarcated period. If somebody was watching you, they could mark when it started and mark when it ended, right? Lasting at least a week of abnormally and persistently elevated mood, right? Okay. So like uh, you sleep less. You are feeling like you're the you're on top of the world. That song, uh, Mount Everest ain't got shit on me, right? Like yeah. that. That was also a perfect, ooh, perfect choice of music. We'll get to it later. But <laughs> um, you also have a lot more goal directed behavior. So you start doing things like I'm gonna accomplish all these things, yeah. right? You need less sleep. I don't know if I already said that, but yeah. like some sometimes in like manic episodes, people like either won't sleep for like three days. Or they'll sleep for like two, three hours and then be like fully rested. Okay. Um, it's a go uh, attack the day. You have like this inflated sense of self. That that moment where she was like, hey, mom, I'm a genius. Uh-huh, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, grandiosity. And what grandiosity means is not just an inflated sense of self, but it's like. I'm the most important person who has ever done this. Or, like, to think that you are, you hold, like, a bigger position than you really do. So, like, we got this independent podcast, and if I was in a manic episode, I would this be This is like, the best I'm- podcast I've ever been podcasting. Well, I mean, that's not really manic. That's accurate. <laughs> but, but I would, but what I would say is, like, I'm a me- media mogul. Like, okay, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> Okay. I don't know who the fuck Diddy is. You know, like like that. It's just like being like more self-importance than reality would say. Okay. Um, more talkative, more easily distracted. You have a flight of ideas. So it's like you your brain is going faster than you can even like uh write down or Mm -hmm. speak. Um, and overindulging in activities that uh, feel pleasurable to you. Okay. So for a lot of a lot of people, this looks like sex. It looks like drinking more. Mm-hmm. Looks like partying. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever is enjoyable to that person. Okay. Right. So that for at least a week. Okay. That's the thing, right? Because if it's less than a week, if it's like two to three days, it's considered a hypomanic episode. And what which, does that mean? It just means that it's a it's a manic episode, but it's not um, a full manic episode. Oh, okay, okay. So for okay. mania, it has to be the full week, at least a week. Okay, at least because sometimes people be in mania for a very long time, and it can it um you could need to be hospitalized because if you're not sleeping for more right, than a right, week, right, right, right. Yeah, and and that's also when people tend to have like delusions and stuff because you're not sleeping. Okay. So a lot of people think that oh bipolar in and of itself you get like these delusions and like um hallucinations, but that's not true. It's just because of the lack of sleep. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, see. Uh, I be telling y'all. I be. I say. I feel like I say this every four episodes. Sleep, man. It's the biggest thing for mental health. Um, that's why poor people mental health be taking a hit. Yeah. Because we hardly sleep. Yes. So hypomanic is exactly how it sounds. Below manic. So it's just like a little bit shorter than the full week. So usually a hypomanic episode is like three to four days. Okay. All right. So that's the first. Got it. Mania. That's the first thing. So you, it doesn't have to come first. I'm just describing it first. Because some people have a major depressive episode first. So a major depressive episode. What does MDE look like? I wanted to say this because I think people talk about being depressed and they just describe it as like a depressed mood, like they feeling down. Mm -hmm. But a major depressive episode lasts at least two weeks and you have at least five of the following symptoms. (laughs) 
um, sleep disturbance. So I put sleep disturbance because you, you could either sleep more or not sleep at all when you're depressed. It just depends on how depression impacts you. Irritability, weight fluctuation. Again, I put weight fluctuation because you can either gain a whole bunch mm -hmm, of weight mm -hmm. or suddenly lose a, a lot mm -hmm. of weight um, or lose your appetite or mm -hmm. suddenly want to eat a lot, right? Um, disinterest in things that used to bring you so much joy, um, a depressed mood, obviously feeling worthless or hopeless, mm. um, delusional guilt. So like everything is your fault. Okay. Like this okay. went, this went wrong because of you. It's like not, not true guilt. Right, right? Right, right. So like if you're sitting there ruminating on something that you did wrong, well, girl, you need to make amends with that. And yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's different than delusional guilt, right? Like, the world is the way it is because I exist or something, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Impaired ability to think. So, you, like, might have a hard time making decisions. Um, a lot of times, people can't remember things in mm. major depressive episodes. And recurrent thoughts of not being alive. So, this doesn't have to look like suicidality, like you want to kill yourself. But it could look a lot like that um, delusional guilt. Like, I, I don't want to be here. Like, the, the, I don't see an end to this, you okay. know? So, it, okay. I just wanted to make that, like, distinction. Because sometimes it doesn't always look like suicidality. So, at least five of these. At least five is okay. a major depressive episode. And it's the same for being diagnosed with major depression disorder. Major depressive disorder. At least five of these things. Okay. And so, in bipolar, people cycle through at least two weeks of a major depressive episode either followed by mania or the other way around. Like, a manic episode followed by two weeks of a major depressive episode. Some people, like, hypothesize that the reason why they follow each other is because of the, like, fluctuations in, um, like, hormones and, and, like, chemicals in the brain. So it's like when you're manic, it's like a rush of all the, like, pleasure-seeking hormones mm -hmm. and, like, the... The chemicals that keep you awake and like all that stuff, but then your brain can't it, has, it, it can't, can't stay at that can't level. Can't sustain it, okay. right? So then that that sharp drop causes the major depressive episode. Oh, okay, okay. So that's what some people hypothesize. Um, yeah, and so that's what bipolar is. And so that bipolar one would be like a manic episode followed by a major depressive episode, or a major depressive episode followed by a manic episode, and bipolar two would be a hypomanic, again, that's like less than a week of a manic episode followed by major depression. So in both bipolar 1 and bi two, bipolar 2, you experience the, the, the depression. The major depressive full episode. Out. The right. lows are low okay. in both, both um, disorders. The okay. lows are low. But depends on how, how intense your highs are if it's bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. Okay. Right? Um, yeah, and then some folks have mixed episodes, which means that you experience uh, symptoms of major depression and mania at the same time for at least a week. So, like, what do you mean at the same time? So, like, in the same day, like, I'm cycling? Yes. So, I should have said this, but the way that uh, diagnoses are set up is, like, you need, like, three of this list of seven or five of this list yeah, of yeah, eight, yeah. you know? so. Um, so a mixed episode, you could have like three of the, the symptoms of a manic episode and like five of the symptoms of a major depressive episode. Mm -hmm. What I've seen and just like working with people with bipolar is that a lot of times mixed episodes happen on antidepressants. Okay. Because it's like the antidepressant is like they're controlling the depression enough, but then the mania can still, you know, like persist. 
So they'll go to like a, what do you call them thing? A like general practitioner mm-hmm. who will be like, oh, you sound down. And they'll prescribe a antidepressant. Mm-hmm. But they're not recognizing that this is actually bipolar. Um, and so some some antidepressants don't really work well with bipolar. Mm-hmm. It'll like like just fuck people up like okay you be either zonked out like zombie status or um people just have adverse reactions mm-hmm. um and they even covered that in euphoria that was like really mm-hmm. good but she was like you know this is one of the the depression medications that doesn't make me loopy. yeah 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 so um so yeah so that's that's when i've seen mixed episodes i haven't really ha- had the experience of working with somebody who's had a mixed episode who isn't on any depression independent of right okay yeah yeah, so I hope that <laughs> that made sense or or it wasn't too clinical. Um, I just wanted to clarify what bipolar is, like really, really, because it's one of those things that we say all the time, and I'm like, no, that's not actually yeah what bipolar means. Um, if y'all want me to do a a, a mental moment on uh, personality disorders now. <laughs> could do a personality disorder series i was actually gonna ask because i don't think i didn't even realize that like personality disorders and mood disorders were like two distinct categories mm-hmm. but like this is very um you breaking down because i've i knew that there was a bipolar one and a bipolar two but i didn't understand what the defining difference mm-hmm. was so this i think this was really really helpful mm-hmm. this is great yeah And so, um, for folks out there who might be asking, like, how is this different from depression? Because, like, that was when I have a major depressive episode, I bounce back and I feel good and great. The difference is, it's not a manic manic, episode when you bounce back. Right, right, Yeah, so so you return to your baseline after having a depressive episode. You're not... Up for days yeah. on end, um, chain smoking cigarettes, and you've never smoked before. Yeah. You know, like that. That's that's the difference. Um, I, I think it, about it like a graph. Exactly. Like the what is that? The x-axis, and so yes. like the manic is like when you're in the positive. Yeah. And then the depressive, obviously, is like the lower. Mm-hmm. It like you know in the negative. So it's like when you get away, when you're like above and below your yeah. baseline. Yeah. So that's the that's the difference between yeah, depression yeah, yeah, yeah. and bipolar. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So yep. Thanks Euphoria for inspiring this bipolar. Right. <laughs> that was this is really helpful. All right, Nikita. Um, should I still do the jingle? No. Cause yes, because this- I'm going to tell folks who might be listening for the first time what this uh, segment is. Ding, ding, ding. And now, here's what would be our bi-weekly word from our womanist, worker, wordsmith, wonderful wizard, Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. Ah, I thought you were oh. going to do a Megan Thee Stallion. You said oh, wow. do a girl Wow, Meg. that was, I wasn't, I can't do that. Ah. <laughs> It sounds more like I'm vomiting. <laughs> it does. The, the sexy way. It sounds more like it. Uh, baby mother's ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but yes, for those of y'all who this might be your first episode, first of all, welcome. But this is the segment where Nikita breaks down some social justice jargon or some like current events that are happening on the socialism and uh, social justice movements front, uh, the grassroots uh, segment, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, y'all, can I just say, I'm really happy that Nikita doesn't have a word because 
I don't know, she just does so much. And I keep telling her, it's okay if you don't have a word. So let's end the word segment. Right. <laughs> we'll catch you next uh, episode with a word. All right, so we're going to move it on along to our topic segment. And our topic segment is just where we, you know, discuss something that we're interested in that doesn't really fit into the other segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this this episode, we, I mean, overwhelmingly, what do we want to talk about, Nikita? We really wanted to talk about Euphoria. Y'all, let me tell y'all that I wasn't even watching. It was like on, on episode four. Yeah. And Nikita was like, have you been watching this since <laughs> day and y'all know that's how she sounds. Oh, it, it aggravates me so much when you mock me. Because it's, it's so ag- right. It's so right. I know I sound like a small little irate nerd. It makes you, you just nailed it. You y'all, nailed it. if Frazier would have had a little gay adopted sister, it would be Nikita. It be, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But, so I was like, no. But Nikita never gets animated about shows. So I was like, let me accept Frasier. So I was yeah. like, let me let me see what this is about. And I checked it out and we just we would sit on the phone like just talking about it. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, let's just so let's talk about it, Nikita. Okay. Um, so for those of y'all who don't know, oh, yeah. um <laughs> first of all, welcome from under that rock you've been <laughs> <laughs> living. Wow. Um, <laughs> So, Euphoria is the new HBO original series. Yeah. Uh, from and it's starring Zendaya as the uh, main, the main character, character Rue. And it's apparently it's a remake of some Israeli show. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I thought it was written by that little uh, queer white boy. No, he's not. He's not queer, but he is white. Oh. So he, yeah. So it's re- remake of of that some Israeli TV show, and it's basically about these. A gaggle of teenagers. A gaggle, of, yeah, a gaggle of young folks who are all basically, essentially, walking disasters. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was, I'm trying not to like editorialize, right? I'm just trying to talk about what it is right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's it's young people. So, you know, it's drugs, sex, mm-hmm. relationships. You know, I, you know, identity, gender. Bodies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's like the rough yeah. sketch about what the show is about. And I would say that Zendaya is like she's the main character, right? She's supposed to be, right? So she's she's, a, she's our um like unreliable narrator, unreliable narrator. Yeah. Um. So she's dealing with addiction, and you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. But before we like, because the way we decided that we wanted to talk about it is that that would make the most sense. Um, for us, is that we wanted to go by character, characters, yeah. but there's just some like other things that I kind of wanted to like talk with you about Me and too. pick your brain about. All about. right. First of all, is this a Q-pop show? No. <laughs> it's kind of like what does it? How many Q-pops does it take to make it a Q-pop show? <laughs> so there's that, and I feel like it's a. Is it a Q-pop show? Depending on how many people, how many Q-pop characters are in it, and what is the like our identity politics of it? No, are the are queer people, queer people of color, like watching it? Oh, like, is there like a okay. a significant number of us all right, who are like, all right. you know what I mean? Yeah, because I was like, oh, are we? Is this going to be like a review? And I think no, we just gonna shoot the shit about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, 
Because I was thinking, like, if it would be a review if it was a Q-Pac show. Yeah. I, I actually don't have a sense of who watches Euphoria. So, oh, so that was going to be my question for you. This is the, really the most fascinating question to me. Who do you think that the intended audience of this show is for? I think the audience is older generation. I And I'm thinking about, like, all of the rating things and the time it comes on. Yeah. I think it's definitely not targeted towards younger kids. You don't think 16, 17, 18 year olds up late watching Maybe. Because I thought about it. I was like, well, I was watching The Wire I was when watching, I was in high school. Yeah. And that definitely... <laughs> right. My ass should not have been right. watching. Well, maybe 16, 17. And I remember I was watching... Uh, so I... I didn't religiously watch The Wire. I would see it on, and I would like. I was like high school watching Sex in the City. I don't think so. I f- I feel like young people probably watch it, but I don't think I don't get the sense that they're they're well, the main audience. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's for older. So I read this like when when I saw like the first episode, I read this article from the New York Times, and they were like, I they were like, I feel like the the show intended the show's intended audience is like people who are like. Late twenties, probably thirties, mm-hmm. who like have kids, and it's kind of like I think it's kind of to riff off of the old school phrase, an after school special. I feel like it's like an after work special for adults, and what mm-hmm. they were talking about is that they think it's like kind of like it's geared towards young for um for adults who have kids to be like, look at what these wild kids are doing, and this is what happens if you're not a good parent. See, I don't think it's that. Maybe it's because you was reading the New York York Times, Uh but, like, I think it's actually, like, look at the woes of being a teen today. And so I think it's more of, like, supposed to be building, like, some kind of empathy or, like, an emotional response from older generations. But it's so ridiculous that it doesn't do that. Like, it doesn't actually... It doesn't. It misses the empathetic points because yeah. it's so above. It's so extreme. I agree with that latter half, but there's like when we start talking about the characters, there's some points about why I think that it is kind of like this is like it's like a finger wagging at like people who are our age and a, oh, like a little fuck. bit older about young about young people. There's I have some ideas about why I think that's the case. Okay. Anything else you wanted to cover before we? I want to ask you, what do you think the genre of this show is? Like, how would you place it? I would place it along with, like, Skins and Degrassi. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. basically, like, young adult Young adult, yeah. Okay. Which is, like, I love young adult anything. I feel like, I think there are moments where it's, like, really absurd. Uh I think it's, it's like, totally overblown drama, right? Yes. It's, like, totally hyperbolic drama. I think that there's moments where it's self-consciously comedic. Yeah. And I feel like that, to me, actually feels like a tension in the show. Where I feel like... I feel like it would be a really good show if it focused more on, like, the absurd, kind of, like, self-consciously over-the-top comedic elements. I think it would be a good... It would have worked well as a dark comedy. A dark comedy, yeah. But So you mean, like, grown-ish, but dark? Yes. Like, actual. Yeah. I I won't say dark. I'll say actual. Because grown-ish is, like, very flowery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. We love it! Right, right, right. So if if it was, like, a dark comedy, I uh-huh. think it, I think it I think the show would have it would have really nailed it on yes, that front. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, because I like I mean this is kind of a weird comparison, but I think about like Sorry to Bother You and how yeah. absurd 
how like how that was like an ab- totally totally like uh-huh. absurdist thing, but it still captures something it's very completely yes. real about labor, class, and mm-hmm. race in society. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think if it would have, I mean, it doesn't have to be that over the top, but I think if it would have like self consciously like done some of these comedic things that yeah. it did in the show, I think it would have. I think it would have really. But my favorite moments of Euphoria is the over the top, like exactly when I'm like y'all are wilding right so now. So give. So what are some examples? Um, like, oh my gosh. So when, uh, when Rue was going through an acceptable dick pic. Yes. That yes! was like, over yes! the top. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like, and she, we never see her in class, but she up there at the front of the class. And, <laughs> and then you've got like Jules being like that, the, the hype girl assistant. Yes. In that yeah. Scene. Yeah. That's Popping like, bubble gum. Right. Yeah. If that was like self-consciously ridiculous, yeah. I think the best episode in the whole season was like the carnival episode because uh, there was, there were so many things about that, mm-hmm. um, on that episode that felt to me like totally ridiculous. Yeah. Like when Cassie is like, oh, I guess like having some <laughs> orgasm on the carousel. <laughs> And she's looking, and everybody's but everybody looking, knows, right? And everybody's like giving her that like judgy, like this what you doing in that carousel? <laughs> you know what's so funny is I told Nikita after we debriefed the episode, I was like, people be fucking and don't know if somebody with right. a vagina had an orgasm, or right? Not. Exactly. So you mean to tell me that <laughs> everybody around the carousel knew? So I couldn't tell if that was. And this is a thing I, I think I like about the show. I love this. About I couldn't the show. tell if that was like actual. If that was actual. Or because remember in that scene she was zipped up on oh, Molly, yeah. so I couldn't tell if that was like one of those things. So yeah, I thought it's that like, that... do she think it's like that moment when uh, we we need to talk about the characters, but it's like that moment when um, uh, Cat walks into the school after her tape drops, yeah, and thinks that everybody exactly. Is so it's like exactly that's the that's the essence of teenagehood. It's like you're yeah yeah, and like that whole thing. Um, I didn't think about it being a part of a manic phase until you mentioned it. But like, there's that where they do that funny sort of detective. like detective thing yeah. between Rue yeah. and Lexi. Yeah, like that was like absurd, right? Yeah. Self consciously so, and I'm like, like, and as somebody who loves mm-hmm. like, like my favorite genre of TV actually is like these very dark crime dramas, mm-hmm. and so I love like crime like, noir, crime noir, yeah, crime noir. Oof, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, and so I love like these dark cop procedural shows yeah, yeah. so like, like you know the hard boiled detective yeah. so I thought that that was really funny and I feel like the show is at it's best uh, when it when it's like that because like you and I were talking and I feel like to be a teenager to be a young person mm-hmm. is to me in my view to be like waffling back between things that feel really dramatic and really yeah. intense and then also it's like really absurd mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. ridiculous yep. you know mm-hmm. There's the last thing before we um, get into the characters, and I think we can talk about it once we start talking about them, is like, this to me feels like something right out of like a white liberal man's imagination. Oh, girl, girl. I, th- I mean, I was going to say that for the, uh, <laughs> for the characters, but I was waiting on this at the door. Like, yes, this it just feels so void of any kind of... Um, culture yeah the the fact that it's like anywhere's Ville's high school it's yeah. like no like actually the space the us having a sense of their neighborhood how the hell are these rich ass kids biking everywhere yeah. are they rich ass kids it, right. like we, yeah it's like 
It's like a colorblind, yeah. liberal yeah. fantasy. A colorblind, a class blind, yeah. like all those things. I think I don't mind like the the queerness not being like overwhelming. Same, 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 name, same. Because that same. is high school, right? That, like, you are figuring that I, shit like, out. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I ain't got no words for it. I yeah. like what I like. Yeah, and I yeah, actually yeah. really like that. Same. Um, and um, so it's, I think, yeah, I think it's like totally deracialized. There's no, there's like... These kind of like surface level gestures towards some kind of class analysis, but not there. And then I feel I was gonna say there's some like weird thing about gender, but through some of the conversations that we've had, I'm not, there's something um, there's like a particular kind of view of like young girls and women that I think I, we, that we can talk what about. Is, can you say it? Now? Like there's, I think there's a way in which I think it really kind of. Oh, we've talked about this. It yeah. like pathologizes. Yes. Like young, young girls girlhood. in a particular yeah. kind of way. Um. So, but we'll get more into that. So maybe let's just like, let's go into talking about the characters. All right. So who's on your list up first? I feel like we obviously have to start with Rue. Rue is the, the little biracial queer in terms of desire and gender and presentation, presentation yeah. who's also who also has bipolar disorder yeah and also like had to spend the summer before junior year had to go to a rehab facility because she overdosed because she od yeah right? but it's like ever since she was a kid she had been dealing with like anxiety yeah um essentially and was like doing all these things to kind of like soothe the anxiety and it just didn't work yeah. so that's kind of like the pilot episode we get introduced to her yeah. um she is our virgo queen um she was born three days after 9 11 shout out to my birthday and i think we just have to do too much work to fill in a lot of like her personality like, as she's supposed to be our main character, mm. in my opinion. I think we have to do too much work to fill in a lot of the For, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, she's really, she's like a daddy's girl, really close to her dad. Yeah. Her dad gets diagnosed with cancer. He passes, he passes away. away. Um, she, her daddy's white. Her, her dad, mama's black. Her mama's black. I, you know, I, I don't really know what people are saying about the show, but I did hear people talking about Rue's mama. Yeah. About how, like, she ain't involved and, like, yeah. she don't care. I really like Rue's mom in this show. I feel like she's a widow who's probably she's, dealing with her own grief. Thank you, Nikita. Who's now, who's been thrown into single motherhood. Exactly. And I feel like she's trying to do the best that she can. She's trying to do the best that she can. I mean, ever since ever since Rue was little, right? It's like we've known that like she struggled with stuff. Yeah. But she always had her husband yeah. there, like her daddy. And then... Um, and, and I feel like they really try to make it... They try to paint Rue as like a daddy's girl. A daddy's girl. Right. She took care... And we, we learn these things. Like her mom picked up a second job to cover his, his yeah. medical expenses. Yeah. It's like this woman is just trying to make ends meet. Right. You know? And like... And all the moments that she needs to be present, cause um, cause y'all don't remember being teenagers. Like your mama wasn't you seventeen years old, and your mama like, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, that was not that right. was not junior year. Right, like, right. You have your own life at right. that point. And so, but but what stood stood out to me is like of all in all the moments where Rue is like girl just going through it her mama her mom, is the one yeah. there like i think like you like in that last scene i feel like it kind of really made it clear i feel like rue's mama is like a lot of people's parents who's like there's there's thing like i i see that my kid is struggling but i don't have the I don't tools know what to do. or the skills yep. to be able to intervene and i i don't even think that's an 
in like the most extreme mm-hmm. situation. I think that there's a lot of things where parents be like, I didn't yeah. have to deal with this yeah, growing up. Exactly. Or it's like, or I forgot what it was like to deal yeah. with that. Because, you know, I mean, I think that one of the things that I think the show is over the top, but I do feel like in some ways it really captures it's like, like you experience things so intensely yeah. as a young person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and sometimes parents are just not helpful. They're just not. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to be. And there's, there's in so many ways, like, that you are a totally different person than your parent, you know? Yeah. And I just, I, I honestly feel like all those, those moments with Rue's mom are just, they just feel so damn real. Yeah. Like, she is a black mama who is just like, she's tried everything. And that finale, when she was just like, I've had enough. Like, I'm fed up. Yeah. I'm done. Like, yeah. this is the last straw. She's yeah. like, get out. Get yeah. out. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just think that she knows she works hard. We, yeah. we have no idea what she does. We don't know what she but, do. <laughs> um, but she works. The I think the very first scene, she's like on the phone arguing with uh insurance company. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, so it's like, yeah. that is so real. And right. so that's the only thing that gives me a sense that, like, they don't got money. They struggling. I feel like she's overworked and tired. I, yeah. I didn't get the sense that she don't. She care. don't care. Yeah. Cause like and there's like there's that that like that key moment where in the night before Jules like sneaks in and like spends the mm-hmm. night with Rue and then like the next I think it's like the next episode. Yeah. The mom is like, Oh, so I, I see friend. I see you got a little friend. <laughs> yeah. so I'm, you know, I'm glad that you're happy. Be gentle. Like that. But she told her like go slow, you're yeah. delicate. Yeah. yeah. And her mom like picks her up off the floor and like bathes her after she gets the kidney infection. Yeah. You know, and like is like washing her. It's just yeah. so tender. Yeah. It's like, yeah, her mama cares. Right. right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I just really love. I honestly feel like the actress uh, who plays Leslie probably ad libbed. She it. had to improvise. But when when Ruth slammed that door, she said, "Don't be Bally slamming that door." door. <laughs> right. That is one of like the that did feel like a culturally specific. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And when um. When she was arguing with the two of them in the finale, and she was like, "Bitch, oh you gonna call me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh you gonna call me a bitch?" Right. <laughs> I think people probably wanted more of that from from Rue's mama. I, people just expect black mamas and black women in general to be on ten all, all the, time, the time, and that's just Touché. not the case. Touche. So what I do think that the show does well is, I mean, I mean, I got kind of annoyed with it towards the end, but like the way that Rue is so like nervous mm-hmm. and awkward around Jules. Yeah, like, I, f- I feel like it does a good job of capturing, at least for me, like to be a young, weird, queer, awkward yeah. person and like crushing on like a close uh-huh. friend. Yeah, yes, I, I, I do think it captured that well. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know if I'm just like partial, but I do think like Zendaya was. I think she really she, acted her ass off. She acted her ass off. She needs she needs an award. Right. I don't know what award you get for TV <laughs> acting, but she needs it. <laughs> She needs it. I thought so, I thought she did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, she's just like she just and really nailed it. The episode of the carnival where she goes over to get her little sister, who's like hanging out smoking. Yeah, weed, she's not going pop up, pop off, and turn up right because that's she, not who she is. And that's she not a druggie. Who is. You know, yeah. like everybody know the druggie in the high school ain't right. going like beat nobody ass or right. be screaming and yelling. But the intensity she had of like get up. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like that was just so. Yeah, she acted her ass off in this yeah. this whole show. The yeah. whole every episode, I was like blown away by her. Yeah, like wow. 
Um, and then the, the like micro movements of, of like being around Jules is like, oh, you could tell that she liked her. Yeah. And I told Nikita, I was like, this is gonna get gay. And it, she was like, yeah. I don't think in that way. I, then, I didn't <laughs> think so. But there was like, uh, like, like there are these moments where um, Jules really be all up in Rue's face. Like, like physically. Oh, yeah. Right? And, you know, Jules is... I feel like we could talk about them at the same time. But, like, Jules is just the... Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm such a straight girl. And then it's not. But, like, yeah. you kissing all over her in yeah. your panties. and Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've been clean for two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Bitch, you ain't got no clothes on. Get off me. <laughs> Yeah. I do. Do you, you think her and Rue had a thing from the first moment? So. Because you remember Rue's face? That like, she did that, um, not bad. <laughs> face. Well, and when, so when Jules meets Anna, which is a side note. I just need to rant about this for a second. No, it's, it's, it's important. Okay. Because so, this, this is how the show doesn't do race. Right. right? So, because Jules, um, after like a whole bunch of shit happens uh, with like the, the villain Nate, who we get into in a second. Oh my God. Well, but we, we, we're not going to get into that right now. But so Jules goes to with like, she goes away for the weekend with an old friend mm-hmm. uh, who was, um, who I think is a lesbian. I'm not sure. It's another young queer person. Yeah, yeah, I'll say yeah. that. So Jules hangs out with this friend, and this friend has a, like a black queer woman friend. Yeah, who Jules is now just like madly in Mad. love with, <laughs> who's just madly with. taken with. But and I'm just like, this is how they paint Jules, right? Just love from anybody, <laughs> right? But also, it's like, um, so she comes back, like she spent this weekend with her queer friends and with this, uh, and she this hooks black up girl. with this she black hooks girl, up, hooks up with her, and what they're trying to do in that moment, and it's just so clumsy and sloppy because it's like, look. Here's another black queer person. Because I guess we have to back up and say because there's this moment, there's like this pivotal scene where, because like we said, Rue is struggling with addiction, and they're where they're at the skating rink, and Jules. In that moment, they're trying to make a scene. And Lexi as if, is kind of like, oh, like okay. Lexi is Rue's old school friend, yeah. old time friend. But in that moment, they make they make it seem as if Jules doesn't want to be needed by Rue. And that's why she's not attracted to her. No, that's not what that was about at all. Like, people, I think people on Twitter were saying this too, is like, oh, Jules doesn't want to be responsible, like, if Rue relapses or whatever. Yeah. Because of that moment where she was in bed and she was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have a friend that dies on me. I've been through too much tragic shit. I... I mean, we 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 said this very early. Like, I think that Jules whole Jules whole thing was about I'm a girl, so I need Nate, the football player type dude, to pay me attention. I don't need to be hanging out with like. So that's what I was getting to. That's, yeah. That was one of the things that I appreciated because she says that when she's hanging out with the new black queer girl Anna. Another side rant. Where are all the black people? There's no other, like, black girls in the school. We get a clip of one when, um, like, Rue is sort of narrating Nate's story, which we didn't need. But, like, there's no other, like, black girls in the school that she could have had this epiphany with. She had to go all the way to the city to find a black girl. But my thing is that, like, it's just a random black girl. I feel like that's offensive because it's like... She don't look nothing they're like nothing. They're not the same. They're, they're not remotely similar in terms of how they look Zen- and in their demeanor. Oh my gosh. I, I just feel like queer walk rant ahead because like Rue's character 
I feel like she's a blend of like her homie uh, Fezco, yeah, who got done wrong all season. Uh-huh. Fezco and like her idol is like Young and May. Like she May. has this Young that and poster. May poster yeah. in her room, and her, her that's her aesthetic. It's yeah. like she has this like that's baggy, her vibe. Yeah, she's wearing like her dad's old clothes. Yeah. You know, she's just like and she's sar- she's like sarcastic and witty, but also like awkward and neurotic. Yes. Yeah, but then and this so this is what I was saying about this being a liberal or like a white liberal imagination because it's like yeah. oh well like you're supposed to as an audience member draw the connection that oh look it's like a, <laughs> it's a queer black like they're different people yeah yeah, yeah. but it's like you, uh, totally the white different. liberal a white liberal cishet dude's imagination they're can't both the draw same that person. it's like they're both black queer women yeah that's so enough like, that's enough right it's like no and and I just thought so much about Mignon Moore's lipstick or Timberlands. Yeah. Because especially black queer women, we got so many damn distinctions when it comes to queerness. Right. It's like, oh, high femme, low femme, earthy femme. Right, like, right, right. Butch, stud, AG, like, and, Yeah. It's but like, like the, you know, that's, that's an in-group I guess to get like anthropological associated. Right. Those you don't are in group, group distinctions. Yeah. And it's you know why I mean? it's why like it's so obvious and it misses. It's like, what the fuck? We so we supposed to think and like when she looks at Anna and says, You remind me so much of I was I laughed I out was loud. So mad. I was like, This is nothing but racism. Yeah. So either either Jules ain't worked through her whiteness or yeah. <laughs> like if 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 Anna reminds you of Rue, then it's it's what black you into black girls right that's so it this is a fetish that, right <laughs> that's where the similarities stop as fucked up as that anna thing was I, it was in that moment where jules was like it, she said that it is this thing about conquering yeah. femininity like in order for me as to use her language to conquer femininity like i have to be with the most macho like, men right right yeah. right and so in that way so that's what i had been thinking but i feel like in that moment with like when she was like oh i can't deal with like somebody on drugs i'm like i don't think that that's actually what's that's happening so yeah. I appreciated that they did that and that like when she like made that comment yeah with Anna even though and it was like totally terribly racist and ridiculous yeah um, so is there anything else you want to say about Jules as a character I think she's kind of a fuck girl she's a fuck girl cause I just and I yeah I mean I get it you're like you're young blah 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 but like cause like in the last scene she's like when like uh, Rue and Jules are in that bathroom stall together mm-hmm. she's like I want you to what she say Kiss me without even asking. But you want to kiss me so much. Yeah. But you've been in the bathroom texting Anna this whole time and I brought your ass to the dance. But there was also that moment where there was another formal and Rue had picked Jules up and Rue went in. I think it was after the night they had spent together. Was it the Halloween party? Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. And Rue went. Curved her. She went in to kiss Jules and Jules like, she like was like. And ah. let her hand go. Yeah. After, after you snuck in my window and we. And I feel like that. Right. Because they ended and it's like. Right. Under the light of the Young and May poster. Right. So I'm just like. I'm just like. I just I feel I feel like Jules wanted it both ways. Yes, exactly. Right? It's like I want this like She like, look, you my girl, but Right. I am a free spirit. Right, right, right. So Are you in love with me? Yeah. Are, are you, you in love, love with Anna? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And then Rue is like, Do you would you change anything about me? 
Because Jules comes back. This is why I say Jules is a fuck girl. She hooks up with Anna and then she texts Rue immediately after and is like, I, I miss, miss you so much. much this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. After you don't. And then she comes back and she's like, yeah, she bit me. She did this. She did that. And again, they're totally different girls. So Rue is like, ow. That <laughs> but, uh, but beyond that, like there's multiple times when Rue. Yeah. When Rue has made her interest in you clear she kissed you she right. came to your room and, and like it was a whole cried thing. and yeah. like, i don't want to i don't want you to be mad at me that was yeah. so real that was real that yeah. was so real i was like triggered <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and so i'm just like why are you yeah that that's why i'm saying i feel like she's trying to have mm-hmm. it both ways and then okay another Another thing before we get, we got to talk about the other characters. Yeah. But like before we move on, like I just think that the insert of these magical Negro characters annoyed me because Ali. So the same way that Anna was like a magical Negro for Jules, Ali is like a magical Negro for Rue. For Rue, yeah. Um, I the only thing I did appreciate about Ali is that he's the only one who's like referring to her the way she's like presents, like outside of Fesco. But he's like, young blood. (laughs) He sees her like in this like uh, like soft stud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, That is so funny. Because you ain't no old black man gonna look at no girl and say, yeah, young blood, young blood. Yeah. Um, And so he just does that. But she went to him all the time in these moments of like, I don't know what to do about Jules. And you mean to tell me in the finale, she not gonna call? Ali, right? She going snort a lot of cocaine, right? And and go off into a dance number, but whoa. We'll, we'll, <laughs> okay, I have a theory we, about that. What say it? My theory is that the show actually ended when she snorted the line, and then that's the music video for the song. <laughs> <laughs> a twofer. Because <laughs> you can, I cannot believe that they would end the series with her dancing with the tethers. I just. <laughs> That is so funny. That's another moment where it's like absurd, ridiculous, and over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But self-consciously. But it makes sense because she high, right? Right. So it's like, okay, this moment. Also, there's like a fan theory that Rue is dead. Dead. I was was just about to say that. I don't believe it. I'm team hashtag Rue is yet with us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I feel like the thing, the person... At least she's not dead yet. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, um, so, I feel like the person I want to talk about... Bitch. You can't kill her. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the person I want to talk about next is Nate. Oh, God. Can we... Ugh. I feel like we have to talk about him. Because okay. I, well, I just... Well, by... I say we have to talk about him. What I'm really saying is that I really want to rant about Nate. Okay. Okay. So, again, this show is like the white liberal imagination but it it is obviously the like brainchild of a white dude yeah because nate is the most developed character so but this is why i say though this is why my emphasis on the liberal part white absolutely in the but it's the liberal part Mm -hmm. so nate is like you know he's supposed to be this all-american boy you know there's this line where rue says his dad owns practically half the town so he's upper class upper crust Rich white boy, star yeah. quarterback. Like he's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure to somebody he's supposed to be a heartthrob, whatever, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's to t- me, he just big. Like right, he's he just like lurch. Right, he's just big. Yeah. You know, he's dating. Is Maddie a cheerleader? 
Yes, Maddie is like right. so. She's like the head, head cheerleader, bad yeah. bitch. Yeah. Uh, her mom is Latina. Is her dad she, Latina? Yes, her family Latino? is supposed. Her family is supposed to Latinx, be a Latinx right? family. So not that we get any kind of race thing other than like that some argument. flashback to yeah, her mom. Yeah. Right? So here's like my main beef with Nate. So this is why I say it's liberal because it the problem with liberalism is that it always wants to boil things down to like the individual level regardless of what slogans they want to spit out about systems of oppression being systemic. Yeah. So what do I mean by this? Nate is like he belongs in like a superhero movie. He's yes. he's like a conniving master mastermind. manipulator, yes. a mastermind yeah. who's so like villainous and so manipulative, and who's playing like yes. like twelfth dimension chess. That yep. like it totally for me glosses over the way that like white male power in society totally actually, actually works. works. Yeah, exactly. Right. He don't gotta be. He don't have to be this like narcissistic manipulator who can hit on everybody's nerve and like right. weakness. He don't have to be this damn smart. Right. And in reality, they're not. They we supposed to believe these are 16, 17, 18 right. year olds in 2019. Yeah. You mean to tell me the star quarterback who comes from an abusive home? Yeah. Is with a closeted gay father. With a closeted gay father who's also a pedophile. Yeah. Who is developing film in a dark room. <laughs> and putting it in manila envelopes <laughs> and is dating the head cheerleader but also has time to have like an ongoing romance uh, like catfishing the new girl in town but the new, the new trans girl in town and in this long in this long ploy to get back yeah. at his father <laughs> like, I'm what? Just, what put that put that man in a costume and put him on the <laughs> put him as a rival to Batman right. because it, this is not this serious is- ridiculous he is straight out of a batman movie. right like he, he's like joker's baby yes yeah you know i'm just like this is not real i'm like what and we can't it's like okay he calls the police on fesco it's like what you get he, he's just a outrated. mastermind like right a mastermind and, and i'm like this he is has ridiculous this long plot so so he breaks into uh this guy's house and like beats him to a bloody pole, <laughs> right. but then also he stalked him the whole like up. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? Like white boy, this is what I mean by it. it's so um, exaggerated that it misses out on the empathy because mm-hmm. in the day to day reality, white boys don't gotta be that fucking um, maniacal. And that's not how. They, to... And that's not actually how they made. That's not how white male power is maintained. Nor is it how it's actually reproduced. Nikita, I screamed in that moment when he, he so he he abuses his girlfriend, which Maddie, we know happens yeah, in high yeah, school. Absolutely. And like the size difference between the two of them, I, I I don't know if that was casting or just by accident, but like it felt important to me. Yeah, it's yeah. Like yes, this happens a lot. Um, when, so he gets off for abusing Maddie after getting marched out of the school by police, which we also know wouldn't happen right. to this little right. rich ass white boy whose daddy owns half the, uh, the town. Half the town. Um, they get turned away from a fancy red lobster, right. which we also know wouldn't happen to a right. little white boy whose daddy owns half the town. Right, because they walk in, and I just feel like it's important to talk about this scene uh, just a little bit in detail, because they walk into this restaurant and so I think there was like uh, the host or the hostess or whoever yeah. the whoever the hostess is like I gotta go talk to my manager yeah. and then the manager is like you know we'd be happy to give you something to go but like you cannot be here and I'm like because everybody is sticking up for the little Latina girl not, who done got that, beat and the, that is 
And again, for a show that's that's saying that it's provocative to take a hard hitting look at how things really are, it's like in the Me Too moment, right? We right. know. That's I mean, a, yeah. and and they're not even trying to show because you could argue that they're trying to show something aspirational about how we would want the mm-hmm. how we would want abusers to be dealt with. But there's nothing else in the show that that does that that does that. Yeah, right. And I'm just like, and so he he ends up getting off on all of this, yeah, because of his master because, because again he constructs this ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, blackmailing. His and... daddy owns half the town. <laughs> exactly. His daddy owns half the town. And and if he would, his daddy would not have had an end with the police. The chili champion for five years in a row. Everybody love him. Either his daddy would have been like wink, wink, nudge, nudge with the police, or they would have hired a that's, high power attorney. That's it. It's not. It's not because of the cunning of some 16, 17 year old yeah. mastermind. Yeah, I'm like and that's ridiculous. Who, who dupes this twenty two year old college student? The whole police department, and then and then his dad. I screamed. His dad was like. I don't know how you got away with this, but I just hope it doesn't teach you the wrong yeah. thing. You've been systemically like preying on young queer little boys and trans girls in the in this yeah. community. Yeah, and you don't know how he got away with it, right? And and I'm like, that's not how it would actually work. That's not he would have been the main reason why he would have gotten his away. His daddy would have been the reason. And I'm just we, like, like, and, and what what infuriates me is like, you know, people always using that keep the same energy wrong. Yeah, I will say, but like keep the same energy with these characters. Yeah, so exactly. is it, when we first get introduced to Nate and he yelling out the car at Rue, yelling at the car yeah. at Jules, talking to he's just like, he's a pig. He that's I believe that I believe right, that right, person. I right. went to high school with that person. Right. We all we all I did. didn't go to high school with the quarterback who's the mastermind. Of like, <laughs> You right. know, it's like, and and not even not even like 10, 12 years ago when I was in high school. That's not what's happening now. Right, exactly. Like, you mean to tell me Jules is on all the apps, but yeah. she ain't going to Google child pornography laws so, to see if this is... I was So, I shout out to my friend Cecile because we kept going back and forth about this show. And that's what she said. She was like... It, Everybody, they, technology features so prominently in the in show. show. Jules didn't just be like, let me Google about what Nate is saying. And but, but again, it's like, the nigga, you lie. He's like, <laughs> he's such a, he's such a like an all knowing figure, and everybody else will cower with his fear. And I'm just like, and even at the end of the last episode where he like tries to get into when he tries to get, get into, into Rue's head. head, yeah, I'm just like, sure, like those are insecurities that Rue already have. But I'm like, you mean to tell me that Nate is so sophisticated? enough to he's he's able to get into the innermost parts you look of beautiful baby. I'm just like you, stop you'll never be bigger than this <laughs> right, town right she's gonna leave you and not remember you right it's like I haven't talked to you since sixth grade. Right. <laughs> that, that just aggravates. I just I just hate I just, I just yeah. hate how they portray that. He, it's it's basically the takeaway is Nate don't have to be this souped up right, exactly. like villain in order to be a violent little in, white in boy. In order for us exactly. Yeah. And and it's and the problem with that this is the last thing I'll say and then we'll move on is that anybody White boys included will look at him and be like, "Oh man, yeah, yeah, he he's fucking wild." Yeah, like there, yeah. there's no moment in which you'd be like, "Oh shit, you know, I think I'm doing something like that." Like there's no, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so that's what happens when these people are portrayed so cartoonishly. That's what I'm saying about yeah. the empathy thing. Yeah, it's like it's not that these things don't happen, but for them to be mushed and mushed into one person or into one yeah. episode of all of this yeah. is happening it's like we lose that yeah absolutely so, so absolutely. The, the little violent the little violent ass uh football player who is beating his his girlfriend or who is um catfishing a girl at school 
who has like all these other elements yeah. of Nate can look at Nate and be like, well, I ain't as bad Ex- as him. Exactly, exactly. That's that's exactly my point. Dude is a sociopath. Right, exactly, exactly. Coming to the winter formal in like a Christian gray ass three piece right. suit. Ugh. I mean, we won't get into dress code at the school either. Right, because I, yeah. How is he palming this girl's ass at the dance? Because there was no chaperones at that <laughs> dance, that's why. <laughs> Uh, moving right along. Okay, I want to talk about McKay, oh, and and God. and included in McKay is thing one and thing two. Right, <laughs> Troy and Roy, because because what I really like the show does not do race. It just yeah. What is the purpose of his twin brothers? I just feel like they're little comedic <laughs> jigaboos. <laughs> that's that's the only purpose that McKay's twin brothers, baby twin that, brothers, serve. That's, all, that's it. They're just, they're pervy. They're perverts. They smoke weed. That's it. That's it. What that's do they it. do? Nothing. They don't need, they're, they, they don't develop McKay as a character. At all. Nothing. Because right? at least with Rue, it's like we see her relationship with Gia. With her sister. Yeah, yeah. But they're just like, oh, are you going to show us your titties? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they like they're perving on Cat and they perv on Gia. Yeah. And they yeah. and they just talk about nasty shit. That's it. That's it. And they have impeccable braid outs. Right. But other than that, like it there's there's no, nothing is enhanced. That we don't get like a sense of you know how like everybody else kind of has like an interest or like yeah. something. It's, they don't nothing nothing. 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 All they there for is like look at these little like Horny ass yeah. weed heads. Yeah, that's exactly. And when they're it. when they're portrayed as the only black boys in the school, yeah, because because their brother who was the other only black boy graduated, yeah. it's like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I, oh god, yeah, I, I hate. I just I, I hate it. What. Every time the twins are on screen, I'm just like my skin is crawling. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like really? what are they? What are they? What are they doing? The scarcity of black people on this show, and, and that's how yeah. y'all gonna do these yeah. little boys. Absolutely. So, of all the stuff that black boys in in high school are dealing with right now, the twins are going to be this. Right. Exactly. And I didn't think about it like that. You're absolutely Ah. right. Ah. So, So McKay, McKay's episode was ridiculous. So, it's ridiculous. I think that episode opens with little McKay and his dad. And so, we didn't know what he was reciting, so we looked it up. And so, he's reciting this poem from... This really amazing, actually, uh, black radical poet, Claude McKay, who I'm pretty sure Claude McKay was queer in real life. So I, I guess that's that's like an homage. But the poem, the Claude McKay poem, is about what it feels like to be black in, in America. In America, right. yeah. And I feel like that was kind of like... He's black! Right, it's like I'm, he's, I have sufficiently blackened him, and that's all we're going to do. Because I'm like, so first of all, McKay and his little uh, uh, raggedy girlfriend, Cassie, they're the most boring. boring. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to get into Cassie right now, but I, I was talking but about McKay my... will. <laughs> and I would say that, like, if you took a mop and turned it on its handle and put those felt googly eyes on it, that would have done... That would have been a that more would be interesting... Cassie. That would be Cassie, right? <laughs> so, and so I, this is what I'm saying. Again, I keep going back to this thing about the white liberal imagination. Because they, they, only, they either can't deal with race or they can only make it as the sole focus of something, of, of a show. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, there's no mention of the fact that 
that they're an interracial they're couple. They're in an interracial relationship. That, yeah, nothing. And it's again, like, it's just, there's it's, more tension around him being in college yeah. and her still being in high school than right. there is around them being interracial. Right, I'm like, that, that's like, never addressed at he's, all. He's pledging a white, a white fraternity, fraternity in yeah. 2019? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. With his white girlfriend yeah. at the hazing? Right. Come on! Right, so that... I mean, that's ridiculous. I hate how they do McKay's daddy. What is that? However however strong you think you are, you are stronger. Yeah. Like, this is why it's important to have black people in writer's rooms. Right, yeah. Because... So uh, the, the writers show one side of the narrative. They don't show the other. Uh, they don't. Yeah. They don't. They show the effect. They don't show the cause. Because yeah. like the way that black people, I think, tend to talk about these things with their children is society is fucked up. That's society exactly. is racist and it's this, unfair. Yeah. But I'm I'm, I'm trying sorry. to equip you to be able it's, to deal with the racist on, society. But we know this because we're black, right? right? And so like this is this is how so glaringly obvious in this white white ass writing room because like all I could think is parent I would say I would argue parents of color but specifically because I grew up black yeah that black parents are not telling their kids to be perfect for perfect sake exactly they are preparing them to be perfect because the because this fucked ass imperfect world is right. going to like put all exactly. these crushing things on you right and so that's what made me so mad about McKay's daddy is like of all the people in this show you're gonna paint him as like the most toxically masculine exactly person. exactly and it's like you're not gonna so that moment where it opens with the Claude McKay poem poem we we joked and laughed about this but this is this is how this is how you do blackness I feel like this is one of these um uh, talk to the uh, camera moments yeah, yeah, from, the, yeah. from the show. It's like, McKay's daddy could have been a Q or a Sigma. Yeah, yeah. Had him out there running them things. Uh-huh. He could have been reciting Invictus. Because you know... <laughs> like, like, you know some black people love right. Invictus. They do, they do. <laughs> they do. I am the master of my faith. I'm the captain, captain of, of my, my soul. soul. Right, right. <laughs> that that would have made it like culturally relevant, right? Yeah. Because like not to say Claude McKay and culturally relevant, Absolutely. but like he's of all the like Harlem Renaissance writers, he's like obscure. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's obscure. So yeah. so even in that moment, I was like, what the fuck is he reciting? Like a Macbeth? Thing? <laughs> right, like, what? right, right. What? But um And like in that moment he's like, Oh, like my mama's gonna kill me. Uh, in the first episode, because we don't ever meet his We mom, don't know nothing about McKay's mama. I, I, what is she doing? Right. Like <laughs> who knows? Um, they could have had like something. They had this pool party, this opening grand party at McKay's house. Yeah. So you mean to tell me it couldn't have been no like there was just it was just no cultural nothing in their house. Yeah. Like at, at least in Rue's room, we get like the posters. Yeah. Gia's hair is braided a certain way. Yeah. Like nothing. Yeah. Like we don't get anything about that about McKay. Yeah. So that I mean that just whole thing is ridiculous. And I and even go back to the thing about audience. Like, how old is McKay's daddy supposed to be? Because I'm like, I, McKay, like, I feel like there's like, a sh- especially with like black people. At the most, McKay's daddy is like 30, 36, 40, maybe. He's, he's got to be in his 40s, I imagine. Because I imagine McKay being like 18? 17, 18, right? So I he's, assume, a, he's a first year in college. Right. So I feel like given, again, going back to the question of who's the intended audience, if it is folks like who are, like, late 20s, 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like within that age range, I think black people are thinking about gender exactly. differently. Exactly. So I'm like, 
Yeah. It, it, it felt like, yeah. it feels like out of touch it's, with like does. actual like black people today that are our, that are yeah. our age today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just can't imagine like a 38, 40 year old dad being the way McKay's dad exactly. is. And parenting, parenting him in that single note way. Yeah. And also not talking to him about having a white girlfriend. Right. Like I right. just don't see any of that. Right. Exactly. But, but that would take you being black. Like, you would actually have to know, right? So, I don't know if, like, all these characters were written and they just, like, script, they that's cast what, That's people, what I was wondering. Like, that's all haphazardly and just, yeah. like, well, this is what the cast looked like. And there's no dealing with. Nikita. I don't, I mean, we didn't have time to get into this, but I'm like, there's no dealing with the fact that, that he, McKay, was raped. he was raped or assaulted, sexually assaulted at the, by his. Right, at the least sexually assaulted. By his fraternity brothers. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, I looked online and I know that there are cases of like hazing mm-hmm. that do involve like sexual assault. But yeah. again, I'm like Especially in these white fraternities. Exactly. And I'm like, but there's like that just seemed like such a hyperbolic, ridiculous way to portray a very real issue. Like, again, trying to talk about something important in this like this really biz- ridiculous, bizarre yeah. way. And then you know, McKay, he like cries on the floor, goes in the bathroom, and then still proceeds to have sex with Cassie. And then we just don't hear about McKay anymore. But the thing is, like, even in that moment, like, we can't stay with, like, his pain or his hurt. Like, right. I just I just feel like he could have he come out that bathroom and sat there and talked to her and been like, these these white boys, I can't do it. Like, right, I know my right, dad right, wants right, me to be right, this right, successful, right. whatever, whatever. Right. But no, he, like, looks himself in the eyes and is like... Ugh. Yeah, and go and go tough it up. Yeah, yeah, like what? Yeah, what? or I feel like it would have been for me. It would have been more believable if he would have just like ran out of there, just or, gotten the fuck yeah. out of there, or like stayed in the bathroom and told her to leave. Yeah, like something. And I'm just like, and I get they're trying to make some kind of point about masculinity, but I'm like, do you really have to do it? And this, like, I'm like, this just feels ridiculous with the to me. black guy. Like, I yeah, just, yeah, even absolutely. Like the first time they hook up, he's like really rough with her the first time. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it's like, then we get that scene. That's why I'm like colorblindness doesn't work, right? Because mm. like we see like these really aggressive like sex scenes from like a lot of guys, but like the what is it? I don't know if it's, this is the liberal thing you're talking about, but it's like the cause and the effect of it with McKay is just so um, acute. It's like, this happened, and that's why this black man is going <laughs> yeah. fuck that shit. <laughs> like, what? That is so accurate. Right. What? Right. right. But like, oh, but, um, you know, Nate, it's because his dad is this awful person. And he, like, yeah. he grew up in this violent uh, fantasies yeah. place. And, like, his first exposure to pornography was this violent thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about all that. You're so right. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to spend any time on Cassie. I mean, what is like... <laughs> I'm just like, she's just bland. She's whack. She's so whack. I saw people say this on Twitter. I didn't get it. They were like, oh, I got Cassie's story and now I understand like her. I'm like, really? Because like she had an okay childhood. Yeah. I, I Maybe maybe that's the point they're trying to make. It's like she was fine. She was raised okay. And then like later on, like in, in when she gets to like late middle school, high school, like her dad gets yeah. addicted. Yeah. Her mom starts drinking yeah. too much. And then she just spirals into making sex tapes with every boy that she's yeah, with. I mean, and, and I guess they had that thing where they said that she... 
like like I guess these family members or these older men would be weird with her. But I'm yeah. like that that like sends her into this sex battle. Yeah. yeah, it just it just I don't it just something about it just didn't yeah jive. And I feel and this is where I feel like it's kind of there's like a conservative bent to it because it's like again it's like yeah that's like tough to like have your father to have any yeah, parent yeah, or figure to be involved mm-hmm. and then you know to then now show up to your garage trying to steal your mama's china <laughs> again ridiculous. <laughs> But I'm like... And never talk to you again. Ever again, right? But, like, I'm just... It just also, to me, it's also it's like, well, this is what happens when young girls don't yeah, have their daddies that's around. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I'm just yeah. like, this this happened from all that? Yeah. It's such a trope that I just find boring and um, not interesting. Yeah. There's no... You know? No girls have interpersonal desires in the show, except maybe Rue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's I think that's it. So, because I just get annoyed by how much they like keep leaving out Lexi, because Lexi obviously want Rue. Lexi obviously like, has a thing for obviously, Rue. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Obviously, so. <laughs> you're ridiculous. I, I was Lexi. That's that's why I'm like. Oh, I see. So I was. I'm really interested. I went to read these articles about Cat, mm-hmm. and I just saw like one from Teen Vogue Why and another from that? another one, and it's really interesting to me the commentary. I like completely disagree with it because they're saying like you know if Cat is the, you know feminist she, icon, yeah, they're yeah. like they're like oh the way that they show Cat is totally different. You know she's defying like fat tropes, and I'm like so th- what? So there's certain tropes that I. I think you and I have been thinking and talking about it in a different way. So there are like these certain tropes that I, you know, I do think that she defies, but I feel like she also falls into the other because they're saying like, and I think that this is true. They're like, you know, Kat is not like just the the, the emotional support for her skinny friends. Mm-hmm. She's not just like the fun side, you know, yeah. like the fun sidekick. Exactly. Like people, I guess. She cursed them out. Right. She, and I guess people yeah. were mad that um, Kat left Maddie stranded when, you know, when she was like, in tears um, after the whole thing with Nate happened. Remember, mm-hmm. Maddie called Kat and Kat was like, Oh, oh and Kat was like, I'm busy because she right. was about to get the fucking. I feel like, so in terms of like a totally like desexualized, like that kind of fat trope, she does defy that. But I feel like, I feel like they force her. In the same way he kind of, like, they do with, like, Cassie around, like, well, you know, she's she's fat, she's insecure, so she's just going to sleep with everybody. She, Nikita. Th- that, to me, that the, does not feel, again, like, stereotype The defined. cause and effect thing is yeah. just so ridiculous. It's like, what? Right. And I'm just you, like. You are, first of all, we could argue for days about if this is actually a friend group. I don't believe this as a friend group. Yeah. But, okay, let's take, let's take, let, let's just go with what they gave us, right? I'm not going to read into anything. Cassie is the fat girl. We supposed to believe she's the biggest girl wait, in the Kat, school. Wait, Cat. I Cassie. mean, Cat. Yeah, yeah, Cat. Cat. That she, you know, went to Jamaica for eight days and gained 20 pounds. Right, and the, her oh life has gosh. been a, a, yeah, <laughs> oh my a, a fat spiral since. Is it even physically possible to gain that's, 20 I mean, pounds that's, eight days? So that's one of those moments where I thought that they were being... Rue was like unreliable. Right, right. Just, it's just being hyperbolic and Okay, ridiculous. okay. But she's best friends with the most popular girls in school. Yeah. Period. Uh-huh. She has an online following... When they was like, oh, she had amassed 58,000 followers on Tumblr, yeah. I was like, that is major. Yeah. When I when I crossed the 20,000 following on Tumblr, Tumblr sent me an email and was mm. like, whoa, hold on. So she, she, yeah. she doing numbers like that? 
and she has absolutely no self-esteem. Yeah. And then I think she's supposed to be Latinx because we hear Hernandez, Hernandez yeah, yeah. comes to the office. I'm like, she she built right. like a Hernandez. She got yeah. curves. Like yeah. she not she not. I don't think. And I'm always thinking this, but I'm like, is this your fat? Like, right, right, <laughs> like, right. I, okay, all right. But um, let's let's take it at the word that. Okay, just, let's she's take fat. it at the word. She's fat. She's sitting out of gym class because she got asthma. Okay, yeah. but she has a she has this like her she loses her virginity and the video the guy videotapes it and the right. video gets out because Jigaboo one and two Troy and Roy put yeah. it put it <laughs> right. out put it out for the world and. We supposed to assume that she spirals into this like sex work online from that <laughs> as a as a sixteen seventeen year old that just seems far fetched to me. But she's she's friends with Cassie who has a new tape out every every boyfriend <laughs> right. right. And remember, there's that there's that you know Rue as the narrator. She has some little quip that like oh nudes are like our love language. She yes. says something like yeah. pithy and ridiculous like yeah. That. And I'm but just it is, like it is kind of true like but i'm just like these kids be having news leak all the time you know we're pro sex work here but i just can't imagine a 16 a 17 yeah, year old yeah it's like okay i'm going to do cam work yeah like i feel and so like i was because i got 81 views on my <laughs> right my twerking to this drake song i just that that just seemed ridiculous <laughs> to me did. and they're like people are saying that like you know she cares about her own desires but i'm like i it, that it doesn't. Those feel like encounters it. don't strike me in that yeah. way, except for the one she has with that little, the little nerdy boy that has a crush on that's her. That's the only one that. And felt I'm like, like okay, yeah. that's like that, that. I thought that was cute. Like that's yeah. the, okay. Like they could like they. I think it was cute that they developed that, and you know, and they're like sex scene. Like you know, yeah. he gives her um, like he performs oral sex on her. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, why couldn't that like why couldn't, why couldn't they that be like it? that be yeah. the that be the thing yeah. right? And I, I love this because she could have did the cam work and have this like thing with the. Nerd Nerdy boy. Oh, I just, I just don't understand the cam, the cam work. Just seems ridiculous to me. It's, but it doesn't seem ridiculous if it's like this is a teenager who already has this like online following. Okay, okay. But okay. it it seems ridiculous that oh, I'm just gonna sign up for Pornhub because my like video went around. Yeah, the school. yeah, yeah. That that, just, like, that does that that feels like the leap. It's yeah, the you're cause. Right. It's like that's a right. big ass stretch. You right. Know? Exactly. I feel like again, there's it's kind of like a she they, makes she makes the twin go out and buy her all that shit. Which I only appreciate that scene because we like come to know how she got all this stuff. Yeah, because again, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't address class. There's in no this. real kind of class right, analysis right. here. But it's like, how the hell this teenage girl affording this? Exactly. Okay. And so, like, there's that line because some people like in some of the stuff I was reading, they're like, "Yes, you know, she's empowered," and I'm like, I do feel like she's trying to figure that out, right? She's trying. Like, I love that scene where she's in the mall. Like, I think everybody, like a lot of people, commented where she's like, "You know, I spent all this time trying to like hide the fact that I was fat, and yeah. I'm not like yeah. I, I don't give a fuck." So I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yes, right." Mm-hmm. And I do think it's fine. Like, I don't think she only has to ever be empowered. I do think it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it is kind it's of like a kind of go up and down. A, a, and yeah, down, exactly. Yeah. You know, not to rehash, like, that debate from, like, 10 years ago amongst feminists. It's like, is this empowering or is it objectifying? I think I think that that's a ridiculous. I think it's a waste of time. But I'm like, it doesn't seem like she's actually, like, enjoying herself yeah. in these, like, in these encounters. When I was really upset when she gave that dude from the mall head in the parking lot. Yeah. Because that didn't feel like I want to do Or this. when she saw the little boy talking to his 
sister's co-worker. And she throws the slushies and then goes and fucks the dude with yeah, the... Yeah, like, like, these, these actually what? do not feel like... Like, that feels like a trope to me, that you're just like, yeah. you're fat, you're insecure, and you'll just sleep with everybody. Sleep with everybody. And, and sleeping, with any, sleeping with any and everybody is completely fine. If, if you want to. If, if you want to do that. Or if or even... Because, look, again, as a 16, 17-year-old, I don't think you're like, I'm empowered sexually and I'm going to... Right? And it's like, or if it's like you're like curious or you're trying to, you know, something like that. But I'm just like, the, the, the way in which she has these encounters do not feel like trope defying to me. Just, a, I mean, she didn't even see what they was talking about. She just saw them talking. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she's a skinny girl. Right. <laughs> like that's. On some level, I understand that, like you know, like you're like you're impetuous and impulsive, like as a young person. But I'm just like, I feel like she could have even done like a passive aggressive thing when he got back, and so it's like, so like who's that? Yeah. You know, like I feel like there's so many other ways that like she could have addressed it. But she's like, no, I, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I thought about this, and I'm like, maybe maybe I wouldn't feel as like ugh by it if the pacing was different too. Because, like, I could see that. I could see her seeing them and being like, ah! Right, like, throwing exactly. the slushies and running yeah. off. And then maybe fucking the other dude the next day. Right. But, like... I'm mo- gonna go <laughs> fuck that man at the carnival right now! In moments later? Post haste. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like... Later? like I'm just like, that is ridiculous. You, you giving it up moments later? It's just... Like, I'm just like, okay, cat. <laughs> But I do, I appreciate it. And the final scene where she was like, I was jealous and I felt blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I also appreciated that moment of him being like, I like you since I sat down next to you. Because for, for bigger or smaller, like fat girls don't get a lot of those right. moments exactly. on TV. Especially not like young yeah, fat girls. Exactly. Of like, damn, I thought I thought you was bad when I sat next to you. Right, That's right, why right, I said You know, right. it's like. I really like that. I, I thought really, that that was important. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely. such an intervention. Oh, okay, oh, I know we need to wrap this up. This is getting so long. But like, Fesco, Nikita? Yes. Fesco and Ashtray? Ashtray, yeah. We what? They deserved an episode. Yeah. They could have done both of them in the same episode. I thought episode. they were going to get an episode. I thought they were going to get their stories told in this the last The finale. One. Yeah, I was hoping that. I just, like, I'm... I stand Fesco. I, I really like Fesco, him. Yeah. And I want him to have his own, like... Little vignette or whatever. He To me, I mean, he's more interesting in passing than Cassie is as a core character. Exactly. Like, he has a traumatic brain injury. Oh, because of like, the stitches the we sta- see. The yeah. scar. Like, he's taking care of his... Grandma. Com- comatose grandma. Yeah. His little drug-slinging <laughs> face tattooed. Brilliant nine-year-old little yeah, brother. exactly. And then all, apparently he's also like a cat burglar. <laughs> like, right. It was that, that, that just seemed like a bizarre sort of escalation. That escalated quickly. Yeah. He, go, he goes from being essentially like a sloth to like yeah. breaking in. Yeah. So, okay. Just to wrap up, the, your thing about... Like and he really tenderly cares for Ruth. He really does, he does. right? It seems like because I thought I was gonna be so bored with this. I thought they were gonna make it seem like oh, that he was like you know like secretly been loving and pining after Ruth. But it, it seems more like a big brother. It's a bro thing. I really yeah. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But just to your point about these like these cause and effects, I feel like because they're so interested in trying to jam every major like yeah. crisis a young person can face. They don't 
it's always like I think it's strange. I don't think it's helpful that they do these like here is the one defining like reducible moment that yeah. you can attach all of their like mm-hmm. future behaviors to. Yeah. And I'm like the way that the way that our environment and like society shapes us yes. is so not to say that we don't experience and have these like defining moments, but it's so much more cumulative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what it like really misses it. Misses it, out. it yeah. And it's like in order to do that cumulative but to demonstrate that cumulative effect, you would actually have to invest in like like character development. Yeah, and you have to slow down. Yeah. Like that's what I don't, especially because I see so many teenagers right now in sessions. It's like, I it's not that I think that this is some overblown, like, absurd thing that, like, oh, the kids, this isn't the kids. But it's like, this um, concentrated, yeah. it's absurd and overblown. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like we've ragged on it. But there are some things that I think that is really excellent about this show. Mm, like what? The way it's shot. I love, I yeah, like I love the, the way that it's the shot. The colors, yeah. the um, the angles. Mm-hmm. Like, the most interesting thing about Cassie was when she... She slid sat. down that bathroom stall. That's she, about it. She slid down. that camera angle. That was the, about it. Was it. Camera angle, that was the camera angle. Because it's like, that, that to me captured, like, as a teenager, your world is so small and so big. It's like so huge mm, at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's like... You feel so insignificant, but also, yeah. like, all these little things are so big, right? Yeah. And so that shot just captured that. Yeah. It was like, wow. Like, that moment. And then the rest of <laughs> was like, unremarkable. Okay. The right. rest of, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, given yeah. the times we live in, it's great that they talk yeah. about abortion. But I'm just, I'm just like, I'm so And I'm glad, I'm her. glad that her abortion wasn't, like, a tragedy. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Her, her wino mama, like, yeah. dusted herself off, like, got her to the yeah. clinic. She had her sister there with her yeah afterwards her mama was like how you feel she said yeah. better yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's like i'm i'm glad right and and i'm so excited that like even the whole process of the abortion it's like the doctors kept referring to it as a procedure procedure yeah yeah yep, yep. like you're having a procedure yep. and they went through the questionnaire you know yeah. it makes it less scary for like yeah, other yeah, people because yeah. because yeah. it is a medical procedure yeah. and like people hype it up so much Absolutely. like god damn it you know so it's like yes yeah, but I love the way it's shot. It just um the color is so like it's vibrant. That's it the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even their like makeup. I love their makeup. I I um read this article about like the makeup story and um like how you know Cassie wears all the like nudes cuz she's supposed to be the like innocent good girl uh. and and you know meanwhile Maddie is up here with um you know it's like overdone and super high femme cuz yeah. like that's what she's selling, right? That's yeah, what she's giving. Yeah. And I love that, like, uh, Rue, when she does wear makeup, it's like, bitch, I just try. I put it on my fingers. Yeah. Like, you know, she's not that girl. Yeah, she's right, right, girl. right, right, right. And, you know, for whatever, like, Jules wants to be, like, a fashion designer. So yeah. hers is all geometric and yeah. edgy, you know? It's like, I really like that. Yeah. And, you know, I nerded out about the music. Tell me how you think about the music, <laughs> what you think about I it. I think the music is um like so off and so on mm. like it goes in between that and so i don't know if it's like the tension of being a like kid yeah, these yeah, days yeah. yeah i think the music is either so like oh the music makes the scene like that scene when um jules is texting who she thinks is tyler and that song it's gonna take a bit of work oh, oh yeah that work. 
That song made that scene. Yeah, agree. Like that scene would not work without that song. And it was, and I guess also like that when Cassie was getting the procedure, the abortion. Yeah, th- there. I just remember mm-hmm. they refrained from that line. It's like my body's a cage yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I think yeah, the soundtrack is really interesting. Yeah, like them right into the first party, blasting Megan the Stallion. That would make sense. That would make sense. That's a moment yeah. where like the music is so on. But her twerking to maybe white girls still twerk to Drake. That's, I'm like, yeah. there's so many other artists that she could be twerking to, especially if she making a sex tape to upload to Pornhub. Girl, I don't know. I'm sure the whites are still into Drake. And he's executive producer. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, so you're going to be tuning in for season two. I, I don't know. Nikita, you are obsessed with this show. I'm not. I'm you, like, You got me it. into it. It's, you are not hate watching at this point, friend. I am hate watching. No, it's like not. there's a lot of things about it that are not good that like annoy me. I'll probably be back <laughs> it's, for it's, it's over. It's canceled. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I think I love that I'm getting to see Zendaya. I'm. I love that I'm getting to see her consistently show off her acting chops. Yeah. 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 I want to see her like grow. I don't think she's dead. I hope that Anna. And um and Rue meet and they get in a relationship. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to see next season? Mm. I want to see what happened. What what is happening with Lexi? Um, Lexi and Rue, just like Lexi generally, but also I I want them to get into mm-hmm. the fact that Lexi obviously had a crush on Rue. I actually want Rue. I want Rue to be done with Jules in the next season. Me too. I, I, Me or too. I want them to be strictly platonic. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I want I want Rue to find another love interest or just be done want, at the very least with Jules. I think she's gonna find another love interest because codependency. Mm. Um, and I don't want it to be. Uh, to, I don't want it to be Jules. Right. Yeah. I want Gia to like come into her own a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. And I don't want them to to corrupt her. I keep thinking that too. That's I, so funny that you mentioned that. I can, was really thinking that. Can Gia be the like? She's young. She's young. Her room is like pink, and it's like she loves Jordan Catalano. Like just keep keep my her little young. pony. It's just like keep her young. Just keep her young. She's 13, 13 yeah. ish. Like, like let her let her live that life. Yeah. Let her have the childhood that her older sister didn't have because yeah. she was battling addiction. And since can age we 11. can we get a mama a black boyfriend or a black or a no. person of color partner? No, I think that's part of the plot is that she only dates white men. <laughs> I would I would like to see some more Cupox, of course. That's exactly yeah. yeah. Well written Cupox. Well, girl, one can only hope. <laughs> right. We get we get a better depiction. Of of what it's like to uh, snort something in a bathroom and come out high as a kite than we do of a black man. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. It's like you could get the the fantasy elements of like right, like visually depicting what it feels like to be on this drug, but black people incomprehensible. Oh, right. <laughs> this episode it was fun though. Yeah, it was fun. All right. So I have a curve chronicle. Ooh, yeah, I do. Diga me. Uh, so I've, I've, you know, there was a a slight like pause to my like hot girl inspired summer. Okay. Of being, you know, out here flourishing and frolicking. Yeah. But I was down in the city a couple weekends ago, 
um, for joy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I had went to Star Bar, which is like you know a cute little yeah. like queer affirming radical In little Brooklyn? bar. Yeah. Um, the hoes from Inner Hole Uprising has ha- have had events there yep, before. Yep, you know, yep. it's like mm, yeah. I'm saying this because this is a misconnection. So if I have people who might not. <laughs> So, um, so I was there and I looked so cute, Nikita. I didn't take any pictures because it was like other other things happening. But like Nikita, I had on a black lace bralette. You know the one. You know you love a bralette. You know the bralette daddy. You know the one like with the cutout. Yeah. Yeah. I had on that and I made some black shorts. So they used to be pants, but I like cut them and like, you know, hemmed or whatever. It was cute. It was cute. And then I had on like this black and white duster with it. Ooh. It was so, I was so cute. I was so cute. And I knew I was cute because like people would just be like, you, you look good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you. So anyway, I'm in Star Bar, doo, 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 doing a little one, two, da, da. I, I had um like went back to the bar to get my card. Mm-hmm. And so I had got a drink order from this like, dude who was at the bar he was like not friendly but when i went back to get my card it was this really cute bartender um and so she like pointed at me and was like i love your shirt and so she was like okay and so she like ran down to the other end of the bar because she's bartending and then she walks back as i like get my card to walk away she was like wait 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 come here and so I went back to the bar. She's like, what are you drinking? And I was like, oh, I'm not drinking. I just, like, got a drink for a friend. And I'm about to head out. And she was like, so I'm catching you, like, as you're leaving out? I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, man. She's like, I was, I was about to treat you. Treat you to what? And so, um, so I was like, oh, my gosh. And she's like, I just wanted to, I had to tell you that you look amazing. And I was like, thank you. So do you. And she was like, what? I'm at work. I was like. You look really good. Yeah, you are at work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I just thought of that, like, you know, cheesy uh, Alicia Keys video. It was just like, <laughs> I, I bet you look a lot different outside them work clothes. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, so we just kind of, like, stood, stood there for a second and, like, kind of grinning and gushing at each other. And so I was like, well, have a good night. And she was like, yeah, I'll see you some other time, I guess. And I was like, yeah, see you. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've just been like, damn, I should have stayed at Star Bar and been like, yeah. actually, I'm having a great time. And like, just talk to that bartender. So to the cuties. <laughs> at the bartender at Star Bar. Nikita. If you remember the bad bitch wearing the bralette, send us a DM. Nikita, stop. At Better Than Money. <laughs> <laughs> But I was, yeah, I've just been thinking about that. I was like, oh my gosh. So, so like, nobody got curved. It was just a misconnection. Yeah, I love that. That's like old school right there. You know, it just, compliments hit different when they come from fine people. Yeah, that's right, right. So. All right, well, to the star bar cutie. The who DMs, made me feel so euphoric. The DMs are now open. Nikita, stop it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, I haven't been on any picket lines. No dudes have been trying to creep on me in the parking lot, so. <laughs> I gotta get to the picket line. I am, yeah. No no Curved Chronicle here. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, money. Okay. Um, so, this was a long-ass episode. Yeah. Um, y'all, don't forget, if you made it through this in one day, this is the final day to RSVP for the Queer Walk Upstate Escape. Or you can come 
out to the events, we won't be able to cover you, but yeah, you, we, you're, you're still more than welcome. Way. Yeah, like everything is super affordable. Nothing, nothing is over like ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you'll still be able to come, but that link is in the description. RSVP that that you still have time for that for um, the Miss Vixen IRL uh, body workshop, body affirmation workshop. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on all the things at Queer Walk Pod. Use the hashtag. Hashtag uh, Queer W-O-C. Yes. Or hashtag Queer W-O-C-P-O-D. Queer yes. Walk Pod. So I guess I will be, I'm signing out as Money, the Euphoria Evangelist. And I am Nikita. I am still over all of the outrageousness. And you just listened to Queer Walk the Podcast.